Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey Moose. Hey Cat. <laughs> hey Moose. Hey Cat. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, go first, damn it. <laughs> okay. Hey Cat. Hey Moose. Hey Cat. Hey Moose. Hi, Cat. Hi, Moose. Hi, Cat. Hello, Moose. I'd like to give a shout out to Amanda this week because you are a funny human. <laughs> you guys that don't know Amanda, she is wild and free. She's packing up her life and moving to Mexico. Isn't that amazing? Man, it is so amazing. And I was really, I was really moved by how inspired you were by that, Moose. Um, we had our friend and patron Amanda over for dinner um, last night, and it was so awesome. She's such a delightful human. And yeah, so she basically is packing up her life and moving to Mexico with her mother. And it's one of those things where it's like, hey, are we going to do this? Yeah, we're going to do this. And like, they're doing it. I think it's so cool. Like in a matter of days, like they sold their property and, um, you know, have a departure date and plans for visas and trips and where they're going when they get there. And I mean, it's just, wow, it's inspiring. What, what hit you about that moose? I just think it's so cool. They basically are selling everything and, you know, moving. And I'm just like, something about that clean slate for me is fascinating. Like mm-hmm. I kept asking her, I was like, okay, so what's the name of the town? And then I had to look it up and then, um, <laughs> I loved another one of our friends was like, is it a beach town? And she was like, no, we just fell in love with this quaint little town in the middle of Mexico. And like, that just seems kind of romantic in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the idea, you know, not like the actual. Okay. <laughs> and we digress. <laughs> but it is, it's really, it's really cool to just imagine like being so free to just go like, you know what? Like I am not fully satisfied or maybe I am even fully satisfied and I have the option to make a change. So I'm going to, you know, like there's something so beautiful and so freeing about that. And I love the question that you asked later at dinner when you said, okay, if, if all of us could do that and all of us can in in actual reality, like we could just say, Hey, I'm going to just hit stop and I'm going to redirect and I'm going to go do something different. And you asked, each of us where we would go. And then you put a caveat on it, which I thought was really helpful. You were like, now you can do this and you get to do it for two years. So it's like kind of like a temporary thing. And for some reason, um, I, I really found that to be a game changer for me because where I would have chosen to be my permanent residence and surroundings, if, if I were to just make an immediate life change versus if it was only two years were really different answers. Yeah, I think it I think it would be a different answer for most people because, you know, if you know that you have a chance after 2 years to go to your next destination, then maybe it's just somewhere you've always wanted to go or somewhere you've been that you want to stay longer. Um, but yeah, like to think that you have to stay there and that's the beautiful thing is like I was like, what's next? And she's like, I will probably like travel back and forth to the Yucatan Peninsula. And then find something there, which is on the beach. And I'm like, yeah, you are like, it just like, (laughs) it excited me like that. There's, 
it just was a good reminder. There's possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I love that you got to experience that with my friend. Um, that's something that, that I've gotten to experience with Amanda is that like, Hey man, like it, it's an open door. It's free reign. Like, like there are so many possibilities and to have somebody in your life that reminds you of that on a regular basis has really been, um, something that's been a part of my healing journey and my journey in figuring out like, okay, what is it that really makes me happy and what really fulfills me? And so if you've got a friend like that in your life or friends like that in your life, be so, so grateful for them and tell them how much they mean to you. Cause that's really important to hear that when you're one of those people people that that is kind of the the source or the catalyst of inspiration and one more thing on amanda this was really special um you know she's a new friend in your life which i love and um she because of that she kind of became a listener of the podcast and she was talking about us last night and i said hey this may sound very like self uh righteous but uh can i ask you a question about the podcast and she was like yeah and I was like, what is it that connects with you the most? Like, I, I know you talk about like laughing until you pee your pants in the car and all of that. And I love that. Like, that's definitely a goal here. <laughs> um, sure. But also like, um, you know, like what else is connecting with you? And it was really sweet to hear her answers and to, you know, recognize that, you know, we're having conversations that other that our listeners are having as well whether that's internally or with friends and family in their own lives. And um, it just meant a lot. And, you know, I think, you know, one thing we would love to hear more from our listeners is what is that that's connecting with you? You know, like, what would you like to hear more of? Um, and we don't always have a, a direct way to like get that feedback from listeners. Um, so um, well, we, we do have a direct way. It's just a matter of you guys telling us. So I would love <laughs> to encourage you guys to, when something hits you and you want to hear more about it, please hit us up in all the ways that you can hit us up. Yeah, that would be awesome. And those ways are simple. We have a phone number. We have an email address. We have social media. The phone number is one eight six six K A T M O O five. The email address is hello at cat and And our socials are all either at cat and moose or at cat and moose podcast. So go find us. If it looks like a street sign, if it looks like a baby on board sign, that's us. That's the cat and moose podcast. And my sister texted me last night with some feedback moose. What was that? She said, um, in your last podcast, you guys talked about the baby on board sign that is hung in a lot of cars. And we said that, um, we should have a sign that says King baby on board because we were talking <laughs> about King baby, uh, for the last podcast. And, um, my sister and I have a nickname for each other and we call each other beast. And that's based on a movie from our childhood that I'll go into at another time, probably with my sister. Um, cause we're going to interview our sister soon, which is really exciting. And, um, she was telling me though, she goes, I want to be sure that you guys know and that your listeners know the reason for those baby on board signs is actually for um, the the rare and unfortunate circumstance that there might be an emergency or an accident and it lets emergency personnel and anybody tending to the accident know that there is a child on board so she said that's not like a hey advertisement I'm cool I have a baby it's like hey there's a baby in this car so if something happens and the adult's not okay please be cognizant of the fact that they're is a, a child on board. I mean, I get that. And I totally hear you. Um, sister beast. Um, but 
If you're having an accident, I'm going to guess that that little sucker that holds that thing to the window is going to be underneath the rubble slash rubbish um, that that happened. So I appreciate the sentiment, but I always thought it was like, oh, everybody slow down. I got my baby on board. I don't really get it. Try to say that in a different way because I'm not tracking with that yet. I'm saying the little, the little, you know, it's a, it's a yellow sign similar to our logo that says baby on board and it has a sticker, like a little <laughs> against the window. <laughs> a little suction I'm saying cup. that thing is, if you're in a rack, that thing isn't on the window anymore because mm. there is no window. So what you're saying is that thing needs to be, um, tattooed. It needs. It needs to be tattooed. It needs to be like a beacon that has a GPS signal that's like an emergency signal. It needs to be like, it, it needs to not be hanging on a little dollar store suction cup is what you're saying. I'm saying it should be like part of the airbag and it needs mm. to, what needs to happen is the airbag goes off, it protects you and then the airbag explodes and turns <laughs> into one of those things on the side of the road that's like this. Lucky waving and flailing arm flailing tube man. Lucky waving and flailing arm flailing tube man. Lucky waving and Those things mesmerize me. Do you just stare at those when you see them? Yes, and they have me. I'm out of breath from doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's your own version of Qigong, man. Oh my God. I feel great after doing that. Um, <laughs> can you explain to what I was doing, please? <laughs> I'll explain what you were doing. So um, most of us have seen those things on the side of the road that they're about a foot and a half in diameter. And they're this basically long tube of like kind of a vinyl, very lightweight vinyl like tube is the only thing I can say. And it's about 12 feet tall and the vinyl is cut on the end. So it looks like the, the little figure has got hair and it's got little arms out to the side. And so at the bottom, the, the person turns a fan on and it blows just enough to make that thing kind of act like a, you know, the snakes that like snake charmers can get out of a thing where they go, and the snake like starts coming out like that's kind of what moose was doing so moose this day you are a snake yeah uh, we're giving sarah so much fodder to put audio clips to um <laughs> not even meaning to so that thing needs to pop out and it needs to say on there baby on board yes yes i think that the cat and moose podcast will be credited and i'm gonna say it's not gonna be in tesla but it's gonna be in the canoe cars is that what they're called oh yeah i mean you guys i'm super nerdy into stocks right now and i don't know if we should give away this wonderful secret well i just did so there's this la company i'm really big into electric vehicles when it comes to stocks and obviously there's tesla obviously there's lucid and neo and all those but there's a there's one in la called canoe and it's spelled c-a-n-o-o it's not at all what its ticker symbol is by the way but um yeah i saw um a video of them like i think there is a jay leno garage video and i don't know they're doing all kinds of cool electric stuff um so i was trying to get you to buy into canoe 
and I'm going to, I just still need to learn from you how to use the Weeble app. I'm very intimidated by technology. And once I understand it, I'm not, um, as you know, like a few weeks ago, I posted the very first time, um, to our cat and moose Instagram account and you were so impressed. Um, and by the way, I got your, uh, Yanni steams herbs right over here. And so we're going to have to do that for our friends and patrons. Oh my gosh. Leslie wrote in and said, um, that, that picture of you when we were advertising the Qigong live event, uh, she thought at first glance, she thought, Oh my gosh, I don't know if that was her, (laughs) but, um, yeah, they took a picture of it and then she saw that wasn't quite what it was. But I do think that maybe that pose in Qigong has inspired you to do, uh, the downtown fold steam, which my sister wrote in to all of us and basically was like, she was watching some, one of the many sister wives television shows mm-hmm. and said that they utilized that, um, prior to, um, intimacy. So they use the steaming of the privates prior to, um, intimate relations is what you're saying. And so is that just for like cleansing? Because I mean, that's been done since ancient times, you know, it's like, Ooh, give the queen a bath. So her body is nice for the man or whatever. Like, is it kind of that same premise? Wait a minute. I'm stuck on <laughs> people would give the queen a bath. Well, okay. So what came to my mind was the movie, <laughs> <laughs> the movie, the 10 commandments, which like, if you are who in- can sit through that, I got to be honest. I can't sit through that. No way in hell. It's the slowest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I watch it every Easter season because I absolutely love it. And I named one of my pets after something that happens in that movie. Oh, I know. Ramses. Ramses. <laughs> <laughs> Which right before that scene, I'm pretty sure that very woman was in a bath, taking a bath and getting cleansed before her time with her king. I, you know what? Maybe. I mean, I'm not saying I think it's okay. I think it's great. I do think it's nice to be clean prior to this <laughs> ceremony you speak of. I'm just saying like in today's world, People are buying these salts and squatting over them. Like, can't you take a shower? Like, I mean, you know what we need. I just had this aha moment. Everything is coming together right now. Okay. You know, I, I was one of two caretakers of both my mom and my dad, uh, when they were, before they passed and the side, they have side toilets, uh, side bedside toilets, right? Okay. And so basically it is um, just a chair with arms that if you can't make it to the bathroom in time, but you need to go to the restroom, you can kind of get out of bed and sort of wiggle your way onto it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a regular toilet, but it's obviously plastic. And then it just has like a bucket that slides in under it. (laughs) We need those. So we don't have to do like the thigh shake when we're leaning over it. Okay. You're not going to believe what I have to say to that. Like, you're not going to believe it. You bu- you just got a bedside toilet. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> and like, like we were telling Amanda and, and our other listeners, no, we do not plan and like tell each other what we're going to talk about ahead of time. And one of the things I was going to talk about today is the, the makeshift toilet that I have on my pontoon boat 
note and how one of our friends, our well-endowed friend, um, she suggested that we get two of those toilets, which are basically like a five-gallon Home Depot bucket, and then on top of it is a plastic toilet seat, and that's what we should use for our Yanni steams. That way we don't have to squat. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> and... Uh, we need to come up with, you know how like little toddlers, um, I don't even know if they really make these, but you know, you see pictures even in cartoons where like the baby has like this flap that connects, like it buttons onto their onesie, but it like comes down. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. That's what we need. So we can live stream it. Um, <laughs> is we just, maybe we just live stream from the waist up. Yeah, I think that that would be the preferred method of visualization for everyone who listens and tunes into the Cat and Moose podcast, which speaking of people listening and tuning in and doing things um, on video, like I know um, from my understanding of the entertainment industry that there's an aspect of everything that that you do when we do something like this that needs to be, you know, taped on video and, you know, or recorded digitally or however you say that, like a younger person. So anyway, um, I, I have trouble. I went back last night before I went to bed after you guys left the house after our wonderful dinner. And I rewatched our Facebook live of me leading everyone in the Qigong eight silken movements or eight brocades um, called Pal Dangum. And I noticed something that was really, really disturbing. That your skin showed at one point? No, no, I wasn't so worried about that. I'm I'm proud of my skin tone. I, I tried to move the angle when it did. I was like, oh, hey, we're up here now. Yeah, I saw and I appreciated that. Thank you for, for being such a good friend and for always trying to protect me. The thing that I, I noticed is that um, I was kind of proud of like how tall I am and like how um, slender and muscular my legs are. And I was like, I have a kind of a decent like stature, if you will. I'm just about, you know, 40, 50 pounds overweight. And I'm not really happy about that. And I was thinking like, gosh, I would love to envision myself, you know, sometime from now doing that video again and feeling really proud of my body. And so that's something that was really inspiring to me yesterday. And I'm going to take that with me and try to help it be part of the motivation for becoming even more healthier. The other thing I noticed is I have four boobs. <laughs> gosh, Okay, I have to stop you for a moment because I legitimately, I know all of your issues because we have similar ones. And I thought <laughs> that it was such a good video. Besides the beginning where you said, what does my hair look like? I should have showered. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. But I thought you looked great. Where's Where are the other two boobs I haven't seen? Well, no, you, you have seen them. You're just so used to seeing me that you're, you, it has become normalized to you that your best <laughs> friend cat has got four breasts instead of two. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so basically what I noticed is that, you know, I had my bra on, which is like only the seventh time during COVID I've put my bra on. So you're welcome for those of you that tuned in. Um, and so my, my anatomically, um, correct or 
accurately placed breasts or whatever. They were where they were supposed to be, but directly below them, I had two more breasts that were like on either side of my hara or my don chien, kind of right below my belly button. And they kept just like poking through. And I was like, I literally like the front of my stomach is poking through my shirt in two places that it looked like I had four boobies. I think that was just your hernia. No, because it, it would have been like a perfect like five dice. Like it would have been like the four boobs and one in the middle. What would that have looked like if you had a hernia sticking out of the middle of those two boobs? <laughs> it might just push my shirt out so you can't see any of my boobs. <laughs> I don't know which would be worse. Uh, side note, back to something else you just said about teaching you Weeble. If we had enough listeners that wanted to learn that platform and learn a little more about stocks, I will totally, it'll be your Qigong live. I will teach people how to use the app Weeble. Okay. That's amazing. Could we invite Ask Kevin? Oh my gosh. I do want to have him on the podcast. It's meet Kevin, but Kevin, I just said Kevin. <laughs> meet Kevin, not ask Kevin. Sorry. I thought it was ask Kevin. I'm trying to learn. I'm really trying to learn. It's like when you try to remember the phrase, Paul Dangun, you know, <laughs> it's like you don't get it right every time. And I didn't get Kevin right. I, I usually get it right. It's funny when I listened to the, an old podcast, I was talking about, um, uh, my pillow and I kept calling him Mr. Pillow. <laughs> I remember that. Oh man. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to read you something, and um, I need you to tell me what I'm talking about. Okay. Known for their massive size, cartoonish faces, and penchant for decapitating honeybees, blank have a toxic venom that can damage tissue in humans. I mean, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> I mean, is this like Jeopardy? Is it like like? Yeah, I kind of I, I just I read this today, I, um, and that was a paragraph that stood out to me. So I would like <laughs> for you to tell me what you think I'm talking about. Well, first of all, I don't know what the word penchant means, so I need to know what that vocabulary word means. Well, um, you're just gonna have to guess. Like this is like the spelling bee. You don't uh, get to okay. describe why you don't know how to spell it. Okay. Well, may I ask you to repeat the word penchant? No, repeat the whole paragraph. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Known for their massive size, comma, cartoonish faces, and penchant for decapitating honeybees, blank, have a toxic venom that can damage tissues in humans. I'm going to guess the cicada. Nah, man. <laughs> what is it? It's the murder hornets. Oh my goodness. And murder hornet. This is what this is what the title says. Buckle up. Murder hornet season is around the corner. Hey, oh try to God. say murder hornet three times. Murder hornet. 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 Murder Beware of the murder hornet. Murder murder hornet. Let's get producer Sarah to do a rap for us. Yo, the murder hornet. The murder hornet. Murder hornet. It literally can't be said more than once in a row. We love to decapitate bees. We love to decapitate bees. We're the murder hornets. Murder hornets. Murder horner, horner, horner. Yeah, come on, Moose. You are a rap star sensation. 
So the thing we have to know about these murder hornets, they're not after us. They want to kill the honeybees, which isn't good because the honeybees do all the things mm-hmm. that we need them to do. But these things, just look it up. This is like from the devil's hand. Oh, man. So is the murder hornet something that, um, since it's from the devil's hand, <laughs> is the purpose of this creature specifically to decapitate honeybees? Like, is that like their mission in life? Yeah, they they want to pop their heads off. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So I, I just wanted to bring that encouragement to the podcast. <laughs> Here's what I want to know is I want to know what were you doing that you landed upon that? It was a CNN, not quite breaking news, but it was, <laughs> I, I have too many damn notifications on. Apparently I have the notifications on for nature. <laughs> That's awesome. Or for forestry <laughs> or insects. I don't know, but you're right. I need to fix my notifications. Well, if if I had notifications turned on on my phone and I had an app that was about um, the traditional Chinese five element theory, I would be getting notifications kind of similar to what you're talking about. Because one of the things I learned about recently in some of my studies is that the season of spring really brings a lot of things like this to life, including the murder hornets, which I mean, I had no idea. So, so spring is obviously one of the four seasons and of the five elements in the five element theory, the element that is part partnered with spring is the wood element. Mm. And so one of the things that I have learned in that is that um, basically like when you think of wood, you think of growth and you think, okay, it's been like, it's been winter. Things have been hibernating. Things have been preparing for coming to life, much like the murder hornet. And um, there's a surge of rising energy happening in the atmosphere and there's expansion of wood, there's growth. And it's a time in the human nature for vision and determination. And it's also a time that is um, typically in nature, a very windy time. And when it's windy, that kind of, you know, can be a metaphor for confusion and frustration and, and all of that kind of stuff. So a lot of times in the spring, people are not only growing and moving and changing as everything in nature is as well, but it's also kind of frustrating because you're coming through a transition. You're coming through a time of growth again much like the murder hornet you are coming to life in order to decapitate the bees we all have our place here and so i just thought it would be kind of cool to mention that if you have something going on in your life anything from having allergies to having frustration to being in a time of transition to being frustrated with moving from one season to another like that is a part of nature that is a part of how we evolve and evolve i said evolve and evolve what does that mean well it's a it's you really wanted to emphasize the difference between evolve and evolve <laughs> <laughs> right. I wanted to make every person who speaks the English language feel comfortable. <laughs> well, okay. I want to go back to that and unpack that a little. So can I ask what the other elements are? Because uh, you had me post this to Patreon, but um, I didn't study it. So I would like to know where I'm headed after the wood season. Well, we're headed into summer, which you can probably imagine is the fire season. Okay. 
So summer and fire are together and they, if you are talking about yin-yang theory, which is, you know, kind of an Eastern philosophy thing, um, yin-yang and five elements kind of go together. And so if you look at the yin-yang symbol, you can see where it looks like kind of one tail of the black fish gets bigger like the head and then it turns into the tail of the white fish that gets bigger and turns in, you know, so on. And so part of that theory is that like as, as, as one thing increases, another thing has to decrease in order for balance to be created. So throughout the seasons, if you think of like kind of the yin yang spinning or whatever, um, it moves along around kind of the five points of the five element theory. And so where we are headed is we are headed into a very young season. We are headed into a very strong, fiery, exciting, vivacious, lively season. That's where we are headed. But we've got to go through hell and back to get there during this time of transformation. So think of yourself as the little caterpillar in the cocoon. Oh, interesting. Well, I like the idea of change. I've always been a fan of change. Um, And uh, I'm down for it. Like I'm thinking through. Yeah, I'm down for it. I also you just said hell. And I just had a quick question. Do you believe in (laughs) hell? Well, the reason I believe in hell is because I think I experience it on almost a daily basis and it's what's happening inside of my head. Yeah. (laughs) One of my clients said to me today, he said, Hey, he goes, I'm sorry that I just kind of, I kind of just said all that to you. He goes, I just gave you kind of the inner workings of my mind. And I said, well, I said, actually, like as your manager, I said, it's really important to me to get to hear about the inner workings of your mind. And he goes, yeah, he goes, because you're over there going dumpster fire, dumpster fire, (laughs) dumpster fire. And then you're going, how is that thing still burning? (laughs) And then you light yourself on fire and put yourself in that dumpster. Yeah. And so do I believe in hell? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the best quick answer ever. Thanks. I think we are also in hell as we speak. And also amazing happiness and heavenliness and all those things. Mm -hmm. But I just am not sure that, um, Oh, it's a longer answer than that. We'll save that for another time. Okay. So (laughs) back to, um, last night, um, another friend of ours read like an article. Mm -hmm. Um, do you remember this conversation Mm -hmm. about naming parts of your body? Oh, maybe I don't. I mean, I wasn't like, overly intoxicated naming parts of your body i don't remember oh come on maybe i just don't want to go there because i feel like i'm gonna get we're the- just gonna we're gonna pause for a minute and till you remember sarah can you give us some music oh yeah yeah i think <laughs> i remember i think but I don't think it's going to be the thing you want me to say. Okay. Think about a, a, a part of the body we discuss a lot. Yes. the Typically the, the female downtown area. Okay. So remember, if you need to know the name of yours. 
Oh my gosh. Yes, I remember. Of course I remember. Okay. Of course I remember. We finally got there. Okay, so what what did your friend read that she shared with us? Okay, what my friend read is she read that, or it said something along the lines of, consider that the name of your downtown area is the title of the last television show you watched. <laughs> Okay, this was quite a moment. This was such a moment. <laughs> okay, so mine wasn't that exciting. It was Dateline, although you could take that a million different ways. You really could. <laughs> and then Sarah said hers. Do you remember hers? I do. I remember that producer Sarah's was um, How It Works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, she's such an Enneagram five wing. She really does like it. to know. She was like, and then she like defended it. She was like, you guys, do you know how aluminum foil works? Because I uh-huh. do. And we're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> she was so serious about it, too. <laughs> it was amazing. So what was your name? Well, well, mine and Heidi, the other friend that we were with, we've been watching the same TV show together. And the name of both of our downtown areas was The Terror. <laughs> <laughs> Which just makes me think it's like, raw. <laughs> you know what it yeah. makes me picture is uh, the flower from, um, from uh, uh, what is that TV show? The, the horror, the horror, uh, shit. The, 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 the <laughs> I don't know why. Oh man. Like we the man eating Venus today. or whatever. The plant that eats things. It's the Venus flytrap. <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. When you say terror, that's what I picture. (laughs) No wonder I haven't been on a date in 15 years. (laughs) Do not enter. Okay, but then your amazing friend Amanda, who was over for dinner, please share what her name of her downtown was based on the television show that she has been watching. It was so awesome. She just kind of, she kind of sat back in her chair and kind of did this thing, like crossing her arms across her, her stomach. And she goes, Clarice. (laughs) I mean, to have a name like Clarice, listen to no silence of the lambs. Oh my God. I mean, that is so amazing. And like I told her, I was like, I'm probably never going to be able to call you anything but that. Oh, <laughs> like, it's totally. so classic. So we want to know what what is the name of your area based on the last TV show you watched? And this is something that we are going to ask on Instagram. It's something we're going to ask on Facebook. And we would really, really love your feedback. <laughs> uh, I forgot my joke yet last night, which I thought was so funny, was... Uh, somehow we got talking about the cervix and I said that I named my cervix cervix a lot. <laughs> Sir mix a lot. No, cervix a lot. Cervix a lot. That's amazing. It reminds me of us laughing about this and talking about this. My mom said to me the other day, um, she goes, well, she goes, I want you to know that um, on my way down to Birmingham for my sleep test, she she took a sleep test. And um, she said, on my way down there, 
I want you to know I listen to the podcast. And I said, oh, thank you, mom. Like, it means so much to me that she listens because yeah. like we are obnoxious and totally sometimes not fit for anybody's consumption. <laughs> and so the fact that my own mother is listening is really meaningful to me. And, um, and my sister listens too, but like my sisters, you know, we're a little bit closer in age and my sister knows I'm just an absolute piece of work. <laughs> not that my mom doesn't know that, but I guess I still want to kind of be good in front yeah, of my mom. Totally. So anyway, the whole point being is she said, and I thought it was really funny. And she goes, well, I did have to laugh. <laughs> I did have to laugh. <laughs> I know your mom. And that is so like, she, she didn't want to, but <laughs> right? if it wasn't her daughter, she would have been laughing. So why not just right. get in there? <laughs> That's so sweet. And I, and I asked her, I said, well, mom, I said, what, what episode were you listening to? And what was the subject matter? And she goes, well, she goes, you guys were talking about those crystals. You guys were talking about the crystals that you got. <laughs> and I said, oh, the one that she would have to suck so hard that it would become her crown chakra. And she goes, yes, that was the one. <laughs> Well, guess what? Mine is mine downtown is not named the terror. So I think if anyone's is sucking something in, it's yours. We're gonna find out when we get those bedside toilet ta toilet tables. We yeah. from our toilet table. We should play toilet table tennis. That would be amazing. Oh my gosh! The other thing we got talking about last night. Oh, it was really great. To we should always like have dinner before recording the podcast because it gives us a lot to talk about with one of our patrons. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I I just said I was like you know here's the thing whether you have found the one in life and I don't believe there is one but let's just go there whether you have found your partner in life or you're single and happy which is a great place to be as well um. I think once you kind of roll over the 40-year mark and you're really content with how you live, I, I proposed to the group that maybe wearing Depends is not that big of a deal. <laughs> yes, you did. And my proposal was, wouldn't you save a lot of time if, if it truly does wick away from the skin? You know, like I think about our, our, our friend, Jimmy, who calls in a lot. Um, we love you, Jimmy. And you are a, um, I want to say a Peloton instructor, which maybe you are that too, but you are a cyclist instructor. And like, I think you need to try this for us because I'm curious <laughs> if they really do wick away like diapers do. Mm -hmm. And now, mm -hmm. I mean, I was looking on the, I was, there was a commercial and like, they make them in black. So like, you know, they still kind of look like diapers, but you could wear depends with a cocktail dress. Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. Wow. But here's the deal is like, I was just proposing the idea that maybe that is not taboo anymore. And what if we all <laughs> just, you know, pee ourselves all the time? <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in, so, so, and then somebody brought up the concept of a filibuster like happening on the, is it the Senate floor? Is that where that happens? Or just on the, on the, the Congress in Congress, it, either one. I don't know. So you just say both. Yeah, both the Senate or the House of Representatives floor. And that if there's a filibuster expected, you can't leave the room during a filibuster and you can't leave the, you know, the podium or whatever. And so literally, if the filibuster is expected to go really long, people will intentionally wear 
depends in order to make it through. And I guess my question is this is, first of all, what in life is that important? <laughs> like what in life is that important that you can't stop and just go to the bathroom? Look, here's the thing. You know, have you peed yourself lately? No. Okay. Well, I have. And something <laughs> happens um, where um, as you age, whether you've had kids or you've had a hysterectomy or there's things that happen that cause your bladder not to work as well as it used to. And I'm not here to say like, that's cool or anything. I'm here to say, if I was wearing Depends, I wouldn't have peed myself, right? Technically, you still would be peeing yourself, miss. <laughs> right. But if you were using your Yanni stones that I got you, you also wouldn't be peeing yourself, by golly. Well, what do you say? Are they going to crawl up there and fix some things? I think so. Oh, my God. I just pictured them like little construction workers who are crystals. <laughs> and they put ladder up in there and they're like, let's, let's put Backing up. There's some movie, I forget what it was, but it was um, Adam Sandler. And he said, if peeing your pants is cool, I'm Miles Davis. Because there was like a bully picking on this little kid. Mm. But anyway, we got talking and our friend Amanda last night said, uh, I love how they don't really leave that much of a panty line. And we all got <laughs> laughing. And I was like, me too. I love the Depends thong. And I just thought, I bet they make that. Do they? I don't know. And you said it would be a great Saturday Night Live skit. That would be so funny. And maybe it exists. And I'm actually just like pulling it back up from my memory. Like muscle memory or something like that. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's my question. Is that like when my nephew, who um, is still really young and wearing diapers um when he has a a diaper that is full of pee it smells like pee and so while like it might be okay to go like okay i'm gonna wear my depends and i'm gonna pee instead of spending time going to the bathroom and stuff like that are, are you worried at all about walking around and smelling like urine well yeah i'm not gonna do it just every day Oh, okay. I'm going to do it on like road trips, man. Oh, okay. Where, where it doesn't matter if you smell like pee. I'm not, I'm not convinced I'm going to do it, but I just think, I think we just need it. You know, it's sort of like the taboo things. I like to make them just normal. Mm -hmm. Cause like, mm -hmm. what's the big deal? You either pee yourself and you don't tell someone or you pee yourself and you're like, I'm peeing right now. Like right now I'm talking <laughs> to you and I'm pissing my pants. Boom. <laughs> That would be impressive. I would be like, damn, you, you are bold. You're bold. Like this, that's how you get, that's how you seal the deal. You know, like you're like really close to landing the thing. And you know, you're like, I could walk out of here and let them think about it. Or I could just pee right now and, and land this deal. Right. So right. it's not I a long-term solution. I'm not asking you to walk around in a wet diaper Okay. I'm saying okay. for emergencies, let's pull out the taboo. Let's pull out the depends and get rid of the taboo. Okay. I love that. Pull out the depends, get rid of the taboo. And one thing that I think you know this about me because we've known each other for a really long time is that like when I jump into something, I'm typically all in. Yeah. So when you tell me like, hey, what if it's considered that one would wear a depends instead of having to spend time going to the bathroom. I'm thinking that you are proposing a lifestyle. 
Uh, yeah, and I, I'm not quite there yet. I think in ten more years, it's it's just straight depends for me, and I <laughs> I might make that depends thong, and just call it moose's thong. <laughs> moose's thong Mo- or moose just thong. moose thong. <laughs> yeah, moose thong. We're trademarking that by the time this episode airs. <laughs> Patent that. So as is common every couple of weeks uh, when we record the podcast, because we we record it a few days before we release it to give producer Sarah some time to deal with our craziness. And um, I had my therapy appointment before the podcast today. And I, again, as always, learned something really, really cool. Please share. So my therapist said to me, um, she, she mentioned something that was something I was going through and I'm not going to mention that. Cause again, I get to be my own person and not say every single bit of my life on the podcast. Um, she was saying, you know, she was kind of repeating back to me what I had articulated. And I said, you know, I said, that just sounds really, really depressing. And she said, well, she goes, I'd like to have you consider, a differentiation between something that is depressing or depression and grief. Wow. And I said, okay. I said, I'm totally open to that. And she said, depression is when you are in a sustained state of despair. That is depression. A sustained state of despair. Okay. Yeah. And that grief is an emotion sadness is an emotion. Fear is an emotion. And so when you experience grief or sadness or fear, it is different than depression because you are not in a sustained state of that feeling. And I thought that was a really cool differentiation between the two of those things. Hmm. And it made me think it's going to make me want to Um, consider my word choice in the future when I respond to something and go, oh, that's so depressing, you know, versus going, oh, that's really sad. Yeah. That's so interesting because so is the, obviously the grief is an emotion, like you said, but is, does it suggest that grief is um, temporary and comes and goes, whereas depression is more of a, um, you know, a state of mind? Well, I think what it says is it says that that probably any emotion and obviously I'm not a psychologist, so I would need her to clarify this or or something. But I think she's basically saying like any emotion in a sustained state is different than the emotion in and of itself. You know, so it's like if we were just laughing for one hour straight, that would maybe be hysteria. You know, it's like that would be different than something being funny or us being happy. Right. You know, so I think what what she was trying to say is that, hey, what I what I asked you to consider is, are you willing to grieve this thing? Yeah. And what I said is, hey, that's depressing. That makes me feel like I'm in a consistent state of despair when actually just grieving that, even if it's just momentarily, is, is a little bit different than than being depressed about it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being depressed as well. Oh, um, gosh, no. It just can be very debilitating when you're there. Right, right. Absolutely. And we've both experienced that in our lifetime and have known people who have. And it's a very, very serious thing. And I, I certainly am not making light of it. I did feel like pointing out the differentiation between it and grief or sadness was um, it felt enlightening and important to me. So I wanted to share it with you. Well, thank you. 
Um, speaking of, and I won't stay here for too long, but um, two stories this week sort of rocked me. One of those being the shooting at the Colorado King Supers mm-hmm. um, that happened um, as we're recording a couple days ago. Um, and, um, you know, 10 people were killed and uh, they did catch the guy and he's alive. And it was interesting because I saw an interview with um, a guy who was inside of the store um, and it, it was about six hours after it happened. And he um, he was incre- like just an incredible human. Um, the way he spoke, the way he talked about um, things. And, and he basically he never saw the shooter, but he's a woman came running at him down the aisle and he said just the look on her face and he had heard the gunshots knew like run because she was running towards him. So he turned around, runs through the back of the store. And luckily there were store employees back there that that got a lot of them out because it was kind of a maze back there. Um, and, you know, there were some lives saved. Thank God. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, there's 10 that that um, perished. But th- something this guy said that really um was very meaningful for me. He's he was talking about, you know, they were, the news were trying to get him to talk about gun control. And, you know, this guy's in Colorado. There's a, you know, there's all kinds of people in Colorado, but this guy was like super yogi and talked about meditation and all this stuff. But here he had experienced, you know, it was a life or death situation and survived. Mm-hmm. So, he's still probably in the adrenaline phase of what just happened. Yeah. Still in shock. And they were really trying to say, you know, how do you feel about guns and all this stuff? And he, he, he did this beautiful thing of just going, let me, let me just share what it is that I believe. And one of the things he said was, I think we actually have a mental health problem Mm. in this country. Mm. And it just, I just, I could have gotten off my couch and cheered if I wasn't so brokenhearted with what had just happened because mm-hmm. he just started talking about like, the, you know, obviously we, at this point that we're recording, we don't know the motive. Um, so it could be a million different things, but he just proposed the idea of, is it possible that we could do a better job about taking care of people who are struggling? And I'm not, I'm, hear me, I am not saying this guy is a, is right with what he did or any of that. But he, this guy who just had encountered this, he just offered up the possibility that we need to be addressing mental health in this country. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what happened in Colorado, which was a tragedy, um, I couldn't agree more. Like, I... I think that um, even the suicides lately that we have seen happen, um, you know, and on the news, this, um, the guy who owns Texas Roadhouse, um, yeah. apparently he was struggling with some post-COVID symptoms and he mm-hmm. committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And it's just like heartbreaking because it's like we are all really struggling and not just with anxiety, but, you know, reopening after COVID, like even people who haven't had anxiety are starting to go like, whoa, like this is a big change from where we've been. And just the idea of change can cause so much anxiety and fear inside of people. And I just wanted to put that out there as something as an offering, I guess, to uh, I'm curious what our listeners have to say, but um, also curious your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely share my thoughts. It makes me think of a couple of things immediately. Um, something from a recent conversation that we were having with a friend whose mother um, works in the mental health arena. And she was saying that part of her mother's job is the job of basically saying, okay, this person has X, Y, and Z going on. And so therefore it's my job to be the first step of approval or disapproval. If that person gets to have insurance pay for mental health services. And so she was saying that her mother had um, a, a patient that was applying for coverage of mental health services. And she listed a few things and, and, and I'm going to change them just for the sake of identity and everything. But she basically said something along the lines of um, this person had experienced um, ongoing depression. This person had experienced diabetes and this person has been um, diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer. And so, you know, our friend's mother said, yes, I, it, it is my judgment. This, this person does qualify for mental health, you know, coverage insurance, covering it through the state and, and all of that. And that, um, her mom's bosses said, no, this doesn't, this doesn't fit the bill. So someone who is dealing with depression, diabetes and terminal cancer, if that person doesn't fit the bill, of who is eligible to get aid for mental health, then who does? I know. I know. And it's, it's heartbreaking because even uh, the story of my family with my brother, you know, having schizophrenia and growing up and, you know, trying to find the right medication for him, there were very few services that we could reach out to. Like, Obviously, uh, not obviously, but um, NAMI, which is the national something of mental illness. NAMI stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, but my mom was involved in that. And but I just I feel like, you know, you have you have a 911 number to call when someone is having a heart attack. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. nobody really doubts that. Like it's like they gather information and they're there within 10 minutes. Yeah. And yes, there are like suicide hotlines and things like that. But, um, you know, and, and yes, it, it, there is personal responsibility to getting your own help, but there are people who don't have resources too. Yeah. And, um, to be honest, like there have been opportunities for me to like get away and, and have like a week to a month at a certain retreat place in order to kind of help get a handle on my anxiety and work through past traumas. And there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to spend that kind of money when I know there are people that would love that opportunity mm -hmm. to be able mm -hmm. to go do that. And it just mm -hmm. doesn't feel very fair, you know, mm -hmm. that somebody were to have to come up with $10,000 just to even get help. Right. Um, and they have put what are like ambulances on the road in San Francisco um, for mental health. And it, oh, wow. it goes around and. And a lot of the population that they're serving are people who are homeless, um, which I love. And I, I'm like, OK, this is what we're talking about. But my hope is in 20 years and I'm, maybe I'm called to do this one day. I just don't have the the background, but that there would be something where, you know, those who don't have family and friends to reach out to, but are really, really struggling, mm -hmm. don't need money in order to, you know, raise their hand and say, can someone help me? Right, right. 
man, I, I think that that, that is something that, um, might be a part of your future and maybe even the future of the cat and moose podcast is, does it make sense to raise awareness and, and raise funds even for, um, the, the forward motion toward, um, more mental healthiness in our country, especially uh, for those who um, don't have as much privilege to be able to afford mental health care. And one thing I'd like to encourage you, and I'm saying this to you as a person, it doesn't even need to be on the podcast, um, is that one thing I learned um, in this past season of therapy is that is that your trauma is just as real as someone else's trauma. And because they can't get help for their trauma doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you getting help for your trauma. I know that. I know that. I just, I, I'm constantly thinking about like, you know, when I was in Bangladesh, um, that's a random side note, but let's go there. <laughs> let's fly over the ocean. I was in Bangladesh and I heard a story while I was there. I actually met the guy who, um, and he was one of many, like hundreds of people living in this area that, um, most people would call slums. And, um, he was telling me through a translator that like, I, I want to be a journalist, um, here, but there's two things you need. You need a motorbike and you need a camera and I'll never, no matter how long I work, will I have the money to buy that. Hmm. And, I looked at the people who are with me and I was like, I didn't do it in the moment, but I was like, guys, at least let's buy him like a really nice camera, you know? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to like give him hope that like, Hey, we're mm -hmm. going to get you your camera. Believe you can get this bike, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and it was that small thing we did. And I came back here with like, I mean, I've got a name for it. It's a nonprofit. And it was the whole idea that well, I'll tell you, the name of the organization is called Story Changers. And I've held on to the nonprofit for four years since I left mm. there because I thought it's just basically crowdfunding of like there's sometimes there's one thing someone needs. Yeah. Maybe that is just paying my electric to get to the next bill, mm -hmm. you know, and like I am the person that's like, even if you're the guy on the street who I give a $10 bill and you go and buy whiskey like, man, you're still a human and here, here's some money. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I, I know it doesn't feel like my role to pull people out of that. It, mm -hmm. It's my role to say, in my opinion, to say, I see you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. anyway, all that to say, like maybe story changers turns into us crowdfunding for mental health resources. I love that. Moose, your heart is beautiful. Thank you. I love you too. Did you say I love you? I think you said I love that. I said, Moose, your heart is beautiful. Oh, I said, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is I love you. <laughs> Good. I love you too. <laughs> producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.